You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 220 for April 11th, 2017. We are back with more running. Uh, today's topic, we're basically 100% race recap time. Um, we have to talk about American River 50, mm-hmm. which you just recently did, your very first 50 miler. Yep. So that's, uh, we're going to get the whole lowdown on how that went for you and all, all the, the interesting... All the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. Literally. Nitty gritty down <laughs> and dirty. Um on the race and everything that has to do with that. So that's the plan for today. Um, I, the only thing I'm going to start with before we get to that is just, I want to remind everybody um, if you're interested in watching the documentary Boston or full title, Boston and American running story. Um, and you want to actually see it in a theater and you listen to this podcast in time. Um, it's in theaters, April 19th. It's through fathom events. It's one of those where they live stream it to select theaters on that one night only. Um, and so that's your one chance to see it in theaters. So if you're interested in the documentary Boston, um, this is your reminder to go check it out. I know we're for sure going to go check it out yep, on April our tickets. 19th. Yep. Bought tickets. We'll be out in Dublin, California at the theater there watching it. So um, if it's something you're interested in, go check it out. I'm sure we'll talk about it on a future episode. So, all right. Should we jump right into this 50 mile thing? Sure. Because that's, I mean, that's what you do, right? The 50 miles, you just jump right in. No, no. You're supposed oh. to train. Oh, my you bad. Know, do marathons first, maybe a couple of 50Ks first, and, th- and then do a 50 mile. Maybe. That's, that's the proper way yeah. to do it. I mean, that's what you did, essentially. Pretty much. Over a long, drawn out process. So, um, yeah. How do you want to start this off? Um, I mean, I guess I guess we can just start up with like the, the pre, the preparation to it, I guess. Well, I guess let me introduce what we're going to be talking about kind of more officially. Let's here. start with that. Okay. Okay. Um, American River 50 is the race we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. It's always referred to as AR50. So going forward in the rest of this podcast, um, we'll probably refer to it as AR50. Right. Um, the race p- takes place in Northern California. Um, let's call it the Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of around a lake called Lake Folsom. Um, it's a race that's been around for quite a long time. Yep. Um, it's it's a very large by 50 mile standards. So I think we're talking about 400, 500 people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, um, yeah. There's also recently, it's kind of in recent history, there's also an AR-25, which is a 25-miler. Um, and then AR-50, just, you know, it's kind of, it's pretty popular 50-miler in Northern California. Um, I think for a lot of people, it ends up being, it's a, it's a good race to do as your first 50-miler. Yeah, it's like a good entry-level 50-miler, yeah, if there's such a thing. Right. By ultra standards, it's not the most difficult race in the world, mainly because the first half is basically... Um, flattish or flat um it's kind of always been characterized as kind of uh the first half is a marathon and then the second half is a trail marathon kind right. of the way to look at it so it's definitely a race of two halves um although i don't think the first half is probably as flat as you think it is but. i'm sure it's not yeah. but i'm just saying by ultra standards so i mean it's still 50 miles which is ridiculously just ridiculous <laughs> ridiculously ridiculous it's just ridiculous um so i think is that a kind of a fair general setup there yeah all right I'll yep. let you, uh, I guess, spring into action on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't remember exactly when I signed up for it, but it was several months ago. I can't remember exactly. Oh, actually, I think it was October. Now that I think about it, um, you know, signed up for the signed up for the race. Then I know it's something that I had been kind of considering for a while, and I think you were m- maybe wanting me to do it more than I wanted to do it at, at some at some point. Or you, maybe you knew I was going to do it at some point. I, I mean, I've been encouraging you to do it for the last couple of years. Yeah. For sure. I always say, hey, we're going to do Air 50, Air 50, Air 50, yeah. Air 50. And I don't really remember why, but I was like, okay, uh, this will be the year. So, um, you know, you guys have been listening to my training up to it and stuff. So I'm not going to, you know, go all over that again. 
Um, but after I had signed up, um, something came up the week before, which mm-hmm. is basically the, the yearly Ragnar Trail Summit where all of us essentially ambassadors for the Ragnar Trail series, which, you know, we're called Warriors, but um, we have the opportunity to head out to, to Utah for a couple of days and just, uh, um, you know, talk about all things Ragnar and, you know, where we stand with Ragnar Trail, what's going on, what can we look for in the future, that sort of thing. So, and it's always been a really good experience, but it ended up being the couple of days leading up to mm-hmm. race day. So it was kind of split between whether I was going to go or not. Ultimately decided, just heck with it, just go. <laughs> So, um, the couple of days before the race, I was actually, I was traveling, I was traveling to Utah and traveling back. So probably not the most ideal race prep, but you well, know, I mean, yeah, not so much prep as just the, 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 so, um, which meant also that I had to basically pack and prepare everything before I even left for Utah. Mm-hmm. Definitely no time to pack up my stuff then. Yeah. I mean, this, so. this race takes place on Saturday morning. Uh, you flew back from Utah. I think I picked you up at the airport around seven ish. Yeah. Um, PM, PM, um, and then we had to drive out towards uh, the Folsom area. So a couple hours, not quite a couple hours, but a couple hours drive mm-hmm. um, out to to Folsom to kind of just hotel crash for the night before the race. Yeah, so not the most ideal conditions pre-race, but no, yeah, I don't think it really ended up being much of a factor. So okay, yeah, I mean, I, I was hydrated well. I did a really good job of that, but not obviously not typical types of food that I would be eating at a time and not traveling you know, right before and mm-hmm. my sleep wasn't great because, you know, you're in a foreign place, not a foreign place, but you know, just not your house um, that you're trying to sleep in. So anyways, so yeah, basically I had to pack all that stuff up the, the week before and had to tell you like, okay, make sure you take this, make sure you take this. I mean, I think it was all in one area. So it was, it would have been difficult for you to forget like one bag, but I don't know, you know, you never know. No, I mean, you one. were, you were super good in making sure you had everything kind of packed in advance and ready to go and yeah, yeah made it easy. And I think kind of went over some of that stuff with you that way. Um, you know, you'd know for race day cause you were, you were my, you were my crew. Mm-hmm. They were a crew of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, also talked to my pacer a little bit, you know, ahead of time. And I actually, she was out at the summit too. So mm-hmm. went over some things with her at that point. So, um, yeah, you talked about, you know, just the, the general overview of the, the race itself. Um, you know, the night before at the hotel, basically just laid out my stuff for the next day, made sure my, my drop bags were, were packed and labeled and all of that. I actually labeled them ahead of time. Um, and then I did mix my tailwind in the various hydration receptacles <laughs> that I would be using, for lack of a better word. Okay. Yeah, basically the, the bladders in a, a bottle that I'd be using. So um, race day, basically took a, a shuttle from um, the hotel area, I can't say right in front of the hotel cause I actually didn't pull into the hotel area. It was like down, it was like down the street. So I wouldn't have seen it if I was just waiting inside the hotel. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I went outside, um, and saw it, but took shuttle at 4 15 AM. So, you know, nice early shuttle. And what time did you wake up? Uh, I woke up at three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my alarm was set for three and then I kept panicking and I woke up at two fifty, and then I'm like, well, I can't go back to sleep for 10 minutes. So yeah. So yeah. basically four hours sleep. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I was a little nervous about that. Um, and then with the travel and everything else, my stomach wasn't feeling the greatest. You guys know I have, you know, my stomach doesn't always feel the greatest. I was a little worried about that, but I mean, can't really do anything about it at this point. So, but yeah, 415 shuttle. Uh, the, the one oh. thing I'll just interject, it yeah, was yeah. kind of funny the, the couple of days before the race is we booked the hotel like months ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we realized, or they made the change last yeah, minute. Yeah, they updated. That, um, the original hotel that we were going to stay at, uh, was supposed to have a shuttle way from there. But then we looked at the race instructions and it said, um, that there was no direct shuttle from there. You had to like walk to like a nearby grocery store. And right. Which wasn't like next door. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit of a walk. Yeah. So I said, um, well, screw that. I said, I just changed to a different hotel that actually had the shuttles picking right. up at that hotel. Yeah. So it's always good to, I guess, to go back and double, check, double check that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm not sure why I double checked, but I did. Yeah. Which I'm glad I did because then I wouldn't have known until I'm waiting for my shuttle to pull up at the hotel <laughs> and it's that? not there. Yeah, exactly. So okay. yeah, 4.15 shuttle for a 6 a.m. start. Mm-hmm. Um, sun's not up yet. No. At, at 6. So they do recommend that you bring a headlamp for those first few miles. Um, let's see. wasn't a very long ride to the start. Um, but once we were there, it was actually pretty cold outside. Um, so a lot of people ended up staying on the different shuttle buses as long as they could. Um, I hadn't picked up my bib yet because I wasn't around the day before. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had done bib pickup the day before. So I had to go find my bib, you know, dark parking lot. Um, I saw somebody who looked like maybe he had just picked up his bib. So I asked him and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, see that that SUV over there with like the back open and somebody with a flashlight like, yep. He's like, that's where you, <laughs> you pick up your bib. <laughs> so I headed over there, you know, got it, no problem. Hit the porta potty line, no problem. And then it was just waiting around, uh, dropped off my drop bags. I had two drop bags, um, one at mile 24.31 um, and then one at, I can't remember, it was like 40 something. I can't remember exactly where it was. And I wasn't relying on those drop bags, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to have them there just in case I've never done a 15 miler. I don't know what I'm going to feel like. I mean, maybe I need a change of socks at one of them or I don't know, extra fuel or something. So I just packed a little bit of stuff, even like a little like single use sunscreen, you know, that sort of thing, just in case. Yeah. Um, never know what you need. So um, dropped all that off. Um, yeah, I mean, race started right on time, 6am, pretty much just, you know, a self-seated thing. There's no corrals or anything. Um, I was kind of in the middle to like middle back cause I did not want to start too fast. People that have run this before and, and like race recaps that I've read, you know, don't start off too fast, especially since it's the first half is flatter than the second half mm-hmm. and it's, you know, road. So it's not like or a lot of it is road. So it's not super technical. You're going to feel great. Of course, you know, just remember it's 50 miles. So don't go out too fast. So I made sure I kind of stayed kind of towards the back. Um, let's see first right off the bat, it's basically running out of the parking lot onto a, a little single track section. Um, and it's, it just totally like bottlenecks and, you know, just a little like conga line. You can't really pass anybody. So mm-hmm. you're just running the pace that everybody else is running. So I was running even slower than I thought I would at that point, but I wasn't worried about it. I'm not like running for time. Right. You know, I just want to get it done. I thought, hey, if anything, I'm going to move a little bit slower now and maybe that'll save me later on. So, um, let's see, single track. I don't remember exactly how long it, it was. It wasn't very long. Um, all the miles kind of get fuzzy now and, you mm-hmm. know, blend together. So I can't right. tell you exactly. Um, but then, you know, you basically head on to a road section and then onto a levee, which is the same levee that I ran on towards the end of Salmon Falls 50K, where I just, yeah, where I just really wanted it to end because it seemed so long, but that was the very end of the 50K. And this was the, you know, the beginning of the race. So it didn't seem so bad. And the sun was just kind of coming up. So it was pretty cool to see that. Um, and then just a little bit more mixture of like road trail, uh, got to the first aid station, just under mile five of Folsom Point, um, and basically can drop off your headlamp at that at that section. They'll take it to the finish. So I know there was a couple of people that were really hesitant to drop it off. Like they were telling them, like, no, it's like it's going to be fine. Nobody ever takes anybody, you know, somebody else's headlamp. Which I mean, technically, it's possible, but you know, um, I had like just written my initials on the headlamp because there's not that much room on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I handed it over to them, they just took like a big piece of duct tape and duct taped my number. bib number onto it. So. Right. And that, and it, by the way, worked out fine picking it up at the finish. There was no issues. So other than the fact it was kind of hard to find, but yeah. Well, yeah. And I couldn't really bend down to look. So, <laughs> but you were helping out. So, 
but it was there is what I'm trying to say. So uh, one thing with the a 50 mile race, with this 50 mile race and probably most is like there is, there isn't a whole lot of aid stations. You know, like you think like marathons and there's like, I don't know what, 15, 16 aid stations or something like that. Um, you know, just kind of like other trail races. There's just not a lot of aid stations here. Let's see. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, I mean, nine. If, it's if, nine. If you're stations, coming from, so. if you're somebody who runs a lot of ultras or you run trails, this is not surprising, not new. If you're somebody who comes from the perspective of road running and marathons, then yeah, it's not a lot of aid stations out there. Um, I think the biggest gap was almost, almost nine miles, nine miles. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're someone like me who runs marathons, you know, and you go more than three and you're like, what in the world? Where's the next right. aid station? This right. is very different than that. So. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is, this information is all easily accessible. Right. Not a you surprise. Know, right. Exactly. It's not like, oh no, we just decided to do nine aid stations. And they, they do make it a, a point to tell you that that section that's almost nine miles, um, that they recommend you to, you carry at least two bottles mm-hmm. of fluid with you, if not more. Yeah. Um, so anyways, okay. So, um, yeah, I dropped off my headlamp and you know, ate something. I don't even remember what it was. I wasn't really hungry, but my, one of my plan was to feel early and often, you know, before I actually feel like I need to, to try not to get behind. I mean, I was a little worried about how my stomach was going to, you know, react, but I mean, I still need to get nutrition in me. So, um, let's see. And then that aid station, like the next one wasn't going to be for almost eight miles. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was going to be a little while. So, um, yeah, I mean, after that, this is basically, I kind of split it up like in 10 mile increments. <laughs> so okay. yeah. So miles zero to 10, that's pretty much what it was. Mostly after that, mostly running on the, the paved American river parkway, um, which is a pretty long path over mm-hmm. in the, the Sacramento Folsom area um, where you, you'll see, we've gone running there a couple times. Um, we've done races, races that there. run on there. Um, you know, part of their, their courses there. And, you know, oftentimes you see people running, walking, cycling, walking their dogs. So it's a, it's a pretty busy path out mm-hmm. there and it's pretty long so it's nice uh you can do like some pretty good long runs out there and stuff so yeah uh miles 10 to 20 um a station there was just before 13 miles it's called willow creek in case anybody's curious um i ate something there too i honestly don't remember what it was i think it was probably like some bananas or something like that maybe like a piece of potato with salt um, wasn't feeling too hungry, but again, I knew like I needed to have some sort of fuel and the next aid station wasn't going to be for about another seven miles again. So they're pretty spread out uh, early on to get closer towards the end, which is really when you need them to be closer anyway. Right. So, and I did start off with, I didn't mention, um, a Nathan pack with mm-hmm. a two liter bladder that I had filled the day before, um, with tailwind. Mm-hmm. So I did have that fuel as well. So, and I think I pretty much drink water, or at least a little bit of water, like every aid station. So just okay. to have that added hydration. So didn't want to get behind with that either. Um, again, mostly, mostly paved path um, around mile 16. And I remember because I ended up texting you at this point <laughs> at around mile 16, um, myself and about 10 other people actually took a wrong turn. Um, the course was marked with orange ribbons that were, very obvious, very clear to see. I didn't really have any issues with things not being marked except for this one particular spot. We were supposed to turn right on the path, but about 10 of us turned left. Um, and it was it was this weird convoluted thing where you were supposed to go under the overpass, come back around, under it again, and then hit on the go on the trail. We ended up running on the overpass and then saw the other runners were like, this doesn't make sense. So we kind of stopped and we weren't sure what to do. The people ahead of us wanted to keep going, you know, and then myself and people behind me were like, that doesn't make sense. And then I finally saw somebody running on the path that we were supposed to be on. And she's like, 
back here, back here. You got to come this way. And we're, okay. So we took off and went that way. So probably ended up adding maybe like a quarter of a mile to at the most a half a mile, which mm-hmm. isn't, isn't that long. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But, but when you kind of get lost, I mean, not really lost, but when you take a wrong turn, it's just kind of like, oh man, I took a wrong turn. You know, it's just kind of a bummer. It's a little demoralizing. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like we were out like in the middle of nowhere and, you know, and the no one idea day, we were. The one day you probably don't want to run extra miles is, you know, your 50 mile race. Well, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, dang it. I'm like, now it's going to be more than 50 <laughs> if I do this race. So, um, and then I remember when I was, um, when we, when I actually did the right path and, you know, under the overpass and back under again. And, and then it's basically like this kind of steep trail that you kind of look at like, where did this come from? You know, like this doesn't even fit right here, but it, it was there. And I think that's when I was, when I was kind of hiking, I took a couple pictures and I texted you and let you know, um, just in case you were worried about, um, me not coming into the aid station that I was going to see you at. Cause we've had a pre-planned section, um, schedule mm-hmm. of where I was probably going to see you. So mm-hmm. basically like around mile 20, it's where the, where the, where you, the crew can actually be at. So around mile 20, around 30 and around 40, it's not the exact mileage, but right, right around that time frame. So I just want to let you know that it might take me a little bit longer because I took uh, the wrong turn. So, I mean, the one thing I was to say about the wrong turn and, and about the course in general is there is a course map you can go look at before the race. It's, I mean, it ca- kind of call it's it a clearly labeled course map. It's called yeah. course map. It's, I don't know if it's a PDF you can print or whatever. Um, it's not going to do you any good. I mean, it's it's basically. How can I describe the course map? Um, it's, it's almost like, like it's kind of like a back of the napkin. Like let me just let me just draw of, you the general overview of where this course yeah, goes yeah. with the, just a couple of landmarks on yeah, there. It's, it's not yeah. a real map. It's no. almost like a drawn map with some dashed lines, and you're basically going to go from here to there. And I think the aid stations are kind of marked, but it, it's nothing that uh, you could ever use in a million years to figure out where you're supposed to go or anything no, like that. No, not at all. It doesn't tell you what the trails are or anything like that. So very different than, say, your typical marathon where, you know, you know you're know, you going down Main Street, turning right on first type of thing. It's it's not something you can do. It doesn't show you the trails. I nope. even tried to look up some of the details before the race and, and some of it I could, you know, zoom in on Google Maps and figure out, okay, it must be over here and it must be over there. But, you know, all the in-between stuff, I just, I don't know. So, um, yeah, just wanted to describe the the non-existent trail or course map, right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, if you, if you went by the course map, it, it wouldn't have helped me here at all. Um, I mean, I could have like sat down ahead of time and like printed my own map. And no, I mean, no, but no, with it's... this, with this race being not like in such remote areas. And there's tons of people. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't really going to do that. I'm definitely not going to like memorize the it's course. It's still just a I weird mean, course so. map to me. Yeah, it kind of is. But, um, it, this is put on by NorCal Ultras, which also does way too cool 50K. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wasn't shocked when I saw the course map for AR50 because the course map for way too cool is basically like the same. It's mm-hmm. like that kind of just drawing. So it's like, okay, yeah, just this is the general loop you're making. Um, right. And that's pretty much it. So, um, so yeah, um, you know, hit, hit a little bit of a steep trail, climbed for a little bit. Uh, you know, sun was, was up at that point and it was looking like it was going to be a really nice day. I did remember to put sunblock on before um the race started on my face okay um kind of neglected to put it on anywhere else but you know (laughs) don't really think about it when it's dark and it's like 4 a.m so (laughs) um probably should have um at this point like you know mile 17 or so i felt like i was maybe getting a little bit behind on nutrition i felt a little like depleted just a little bit and and i can tell and i did have gels with me um but i was so worried about my stomach acting up that i i made the decision to not have a gel and just hang on until the next aid station and have some some food 
um, which I knew maybe wasn't the best thing to do. I probably should have just had a gel, but that's just the decision I made. Plus, in this area, bathrooms were not that accessible in mm-hmm. case I needed to stop. Um, and we weren't really on trails where you can kind of just, you know, jump off the trail and, you know, go to the bathroom if you need to, basically. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, I had a... I had a really bad side stitch at around mile 18 and we were running through like some really nice runnable single track, like just slightly rolling. And I was like, ah, oh, this is like perfect. But I, it got really bad. Like, I couldn't really take like a deep breath in. So I had to like stop and like stretch and, you know, people running by like, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, it's just a side stitch. And they're like, make sure you stretch, you know, make sure you do this. I'm like, I'm trying. You're like, shut up, leave me alone. Yeah, I'm trying to breathe. <laughs> I got 30 miles to yeah, go. Exactly. Shut up. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it felt a little better. And then as soon as it started running again, it started hurting. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, let me just walk because it's okay when I'm walking. So I walked, um, but it was like a, a total runnable section. So I was like, ah, you know, but I'm like, this is a long race. This is probably not the worst thing you're going to feel today. So you don't usually get those anyways, right? No, it's pretty rare that I get them. I haven't had them in a while. And it's usually when I'm going, when I'm running on a trail downhill, because sometimes I end up like holding my breath unintentionally or taking really shallow breaths just because I'm like in the anticipation of running downhill. So it's, yeah, it doesn't usually happen. I don't know why it happened. It did eventually go away and it never came back. So mm-hmm. that was nice. Um, the rest of the course leading into um, the next aid station was kind of mixed, you know, mostly single track trail versus just the, the paved path, but mostly, mostly the paved path. So um, next aid station, so miles 20 to 30, if anybody's following along. Oh, by the way, at this point, it didn't, other than feeling a little like depleted in terms of nutrition, it didn't feel like I had run 20 miles. Like it was like, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't keep checking like my watch to like, mm-hmm. you know, see, but obviously it would make the beep like at every mile and it didn't feel like, wow, that was a 20 mile run. It didn't feel that way. And I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. You know, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, it's, I'm not even halfway through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try not to think about that. Yeah. I broke it down basically, um, by like aid stations and stuff like that. So that's probably a good way to yeah, do it. Yeah. And we're like, when I would see you, okay. And then the next time I'm going to do this and the next time I'll pick up my pacer and the next so I try to, you know, break it up into chunks like that. Cause otherwise I, yeah, I don't know how I would have done. So I got to see you at the next aid station. 20.18. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure you saw me before I saw you. I'm, I'm sure. I think that probably goes for every time that yeah. you saw me. I mean, we should say for cruise, um, mile 20 is essentially the first time that you get to see your mm-hmm. runner um, outside of, the, you know, you could go with them to the start if you had chose to, but um, I chose to sleep in. <laughs> and I was totally fine with that. <laughs> I was not going to be getting up at four o'clock in the morning um, if I didn't have to. So I slept in, had a nice breakfast at the hotel. It was very good. Thank you. Thanks. Well, I'm out on the trail is getting lost trying to figure out if I should have a gel or not. No, I'm just kidding. That's right. um, but yeah, mile, <laughs> mile 20, first chance for crew. Um, yeah, I saw you first. Um, we, you had a plan or you had instructions for me. That was the plan. Um, you were going to change out your pack yep. at 20. So I had your, your pack ready to go. I set up a chair for you in case you needed it. I had some water, had some ice and a cooler for you. Um, had a backpack with um, that you had set up before the race that kind of had everything that you thought you may or may not need at some mm-hmm. point during the race. Um, so that was all ready to go. I saw you coming into the aid station. I actually told you to give me your pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I took your old pack off and then I told you to go hit the aid station if you wanted to grab any of their stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I told you I was just like, I'm right over here. Um, like you'll have, the next, you have yeah. the next pack. So just yeah. whenever, yeah, which is, which is good in terms of like efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, like doing that. Yeah. So yeah, we, I, I guess it's a good time to talk about like just, the, the, the race plan in general obviously to finish you know that mm-hmm. would that would be awesome um but it's kind of hard for me to not have like a time goal <laughs> just because well i mean you've never so, done a 50 yeah so. yeah but i mean i just i was just like thinking what i could do so um i mean finish that was that was my goal um if i could run under 
12 hours, that would be like, I'd be thrilled. Mm -hmm. And then if by some chance I could run under 10, which I knew was a long shot and probably wouldn't happen, like, oh my God, like best day ever, you know, so, but just to finish, but, um, you know, so that was kind of my plan. You know, like I said, if you're early and often, I was going to use Tailwind mostly, supplement with like some aid station food, gels if I needed it. They were in my packs and everything just in case. Um, I was going to switch out packs at mile 20 and then again at 40. Um, and then I wasn't sure if I was going to change shoes or socks at any point, but I did have all that ready. And um, I even told you, like, don't let me sit in yeah. the chair unless I'm going to change like shoes yeah. or socks. But otherwise, don't let me sit. Because it just feels so comfortable once you do sit. Right. Like it just may stay there longer. Um, and then you did have ice, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you know, just because it was probably going to be not a hot day, but, mm-hmm. you know, a long kind of warm day. Right. So sunny day. So, all right. So, yeah, saw you um, switch out the packs, which was, I mean, that was like super smooth, um, especially when you're like, here, you know, let me take that one. Uh, and then I think at that point I told you that I might change shoes at mile 30. Yes. Yeah. Just to let you know, mm-hmm. the shoes were already in the, the backpack that you had, right. but just to let you know, cause then you could like pull them out of the bag and that sort of thing. Um, the shoes that I was wearing up until this point were fine. I did the most of my training in it, the, the non super muddy training. Um, I did the 50 K in them and they were fine, but they were just, you know, you just kind of start to feel like a couple of little sections that are starting to bother you. And I'm like, I have another pair of shoes that I've run in. Like, why not just switch it up and see how I feel? Um, what else? Oh yeah. And then you had a, a towel that you soaked in really cold water. Mm-hmm. It's like this, I don't know what material it's made out of, but it's meant to be like soaked, like to be wet, to cool you down and that sort of thing. I think I got it like for free at like some race expo or something. So, um, and it, so that worked out really well. Cause then I was able to like wipe my face with it, get all that salt off and then just kind of put it around my neck and ended up just running with it. So that, and then I, so I could just feel a little bit of the, the cold water just kind of like trickling down, you know, and that felt really good. Um, I did use some body glide at that point because it's just the lower part of my shorts. At one point, I could felt like just a slight little rubbing. And I'm like, let me just put it on because I don't, like, the last thing I want is to have like a big old chafing area that I felt was coming on. So um, let's see. And no, and then, so I did eat off the aid station. And then, like, I, I don't know what I had. Something salty and then something not salty. I know I always had, I know that's, that's real specific, but I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I had water. And I either had, in terms of the, the saltiness, I think I probably had like some chips, some potato chips, or um, I switched away from the, the boiled potatoes with uh, with salt to orange slices with salt. Because orange slices just always taste so awesome, like when you're running and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have eaten oranges with salt before. I know that may sound bizarre to some people, but that's just something I've done. So that was one way for me to get salt. And then as far as like the, the carbs, or I didn't really eat like... They actually didn't have Oreos at some of the eight stations. And what? I was like, oh! that's horrible. I'm like, I, I got to stop right now. I can't do this race. There's <laughs> no out. Oreos. Yeah. But I mean, I would just have something else that they had. They're like the little, you know, peanut butter and jelly squares or something like that. We did so, have Oreos in the backpack. We did. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I so actually. technically you could have had them anyway. Well, I could have. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, I'm going to save them towards the end when I like need them, you know, like mentally or something. Because obviously I don't really need them physically. <laughs> I don't need Oreos. Yes, you <laughs> I guess maybe. So then I started, um, you know, walked, walked away and had my new pack and everything and was walking while I was eating for a little bit. And then right before I like started running and I, I got like this wave of nausea and I'm like, Oh, I probably ate like too much, mm-hmm. you know, like too quickly. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to throw up and that's going to be worse. And, um, but then I slowly started jogging, started running and thankfully did not throw up. Um, and then let's see, that was, yeah. And that was a couple of miles, mostly on the paved bike path. Again, I call it a bike path, but I mean, it's just a paved path. Um, not just for, for biking. Um, oh, and I did, um, have 
a little bit of Coke, I think, just because it because my stomach had felt a little bit weird. Um, sometimes that tends to settle it. Not a, a whole bunch, but just like a sip or two. Uh, so I don't know if that's what what made it better, but I'll just say it was. Um, let's see. And then, yeah, I mean, just row it up until like the next aid station, which was 24.31. So those two kind of seemed kind of close, you know, like four yeah, four, four miles. Yeah, four mm-hmm. miles. So originally I, I wasn't going to see you at this aid station. It's called Beals Point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, was it the day before, a couple of days before? Day well, before, I, mean, I think. The plan I was was I was going to see you at 20 and then I was going to see you at 29. Um, I was going to skip 24 because I was just worried, hey, is there not enough time to drive there and get in there and then get to the next one because I really needed to be at the next one. Right. And I was just talking to some other crews, some other people crewing and they were kind of like, oh, yeah, you got plenty of time. So um, I made the decision to just go to Beals Point. So yeah. I did end up seeing you at 24, mm-hmm. um, which was the very next aid station. It was actually super easy to get there in plenty of time. Yeah. So. Which is really cool to have kind of like that added, mm-hmm. like, oh, I get to see you like next mm-hmm. aid station, you know. So that was really cool. Um, you basically refreshed my towel with new like yeah. cold ice water, which was, that felt so good. You have no idea. Um, just because it was getting warmer. I mean, I think the day topped out at like 75, which is not well, hot, but... I mean, you're out there for so many hours and like the sun's beating on you and you're running. I mean, I would definitely say it was a pretty hot, not, it was a pretty warm day. I mean, it was definitely not a day for, for anybody to go chase, you know, necessarily their, their, you know, perfect time or anything like that. Cause yeah. it definitely did get warm in the afternoon. So, um, unfortunately, you know, you didn't have luck in that, you know, a nice cloudy day where the temperatures stay down because, right. you know, you're out there literally all day long. So, yeah. um, you know, when we're talking about temperature, we're... You know, the temperature at 3 p.m. makes a difference. It's not like a marathon yep. where you're done long before that. Right. So. Like you'll be done by noon or one or whatever it is. So um, the one thing I hollered at you at Beale's Point was like, hey, if you need a bathroom, there's actually real bathrooms there. Right. Which is um, good to know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You didn't need it. But I was just like, yeah. hey, if you need a real bathroom, not a porta potty. I'm like, because right. this was at a little, it's kind of like a park. I mean, all these, a bunch of these aid stations are kind of like at recreation area points or, or like marinas yeah that sort around of thing. Folsom Lake yeah. so um yeah. this one I just noticed the real bathroom so I'm like hey real bathroom right and I kind of almost like was sad that I didn't need to use it because <laughs> I'm like oh I'm gonna have to use a bathroom later and I won't I missed my chance to use like a real bathroom you know <laughs> with like um, with water <laughs> they also had a uh, medical at that one aid station Beals Point too at the that 24 mile mark so okay. that was also there and then that was your chance to pick up drop bags right so you did actually pick up your drop bag you yep. essentially just gave it right off to me but... right yeah and um, and that, that's actually, this location is the start of the AR25 race. So it had like a little arch, mm-hmm. um, which I'm assuming was their starting arch, but you know, we got to run through it. So it's kind of cool. Like, yay, kind of like halfway point, you know, not oh. technically, but like halfway point. So that was pretty cool. That's kind of funny just cause randomly I saw the arch. Yeah. It never occurred to me at the time that that was the start of the 25 mile. Ah, Although okay. in my head I knew there was a 25 mile. Yeah. I just actually thought to myself, that's kind of odd to have a random arch well i have to right say here, i didn't i didn't like put two and two together right in the moment i'm like oh they have an arch okay i'm gonna run through it and everybody was no excited but then like in the like upcoming miles like afterwards i'm like oh yeah that makes sense that's where the start was so um yeah i actually like grabbed some stuff off the the aid station table because that was like first um and then you know and i saw you and um i think i like handed off my towel to you and stuff so you can like go soak it in cold water again and and the volunteers that were at the the drop bags um I actually forgot that like there was drop bags mm-hmm. there. Um, so as I was like running past on the little path, um, he actually handed it to me. He's yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I have a drop bag. Yeah. It was so, like high school kids volunteering yeah, there and they yeah. were just grabbing the bag, the bags when they saw the runners from afar with just, which is pretty number. cool. Yeah. I think, you know, instead of like, Oh, I got to go search for it, it quick. that sort of thing. So yeah. Um, 
And then again, I was like eating as I was walking out of that, that aid station. Um, and again, I, I don't know if it was just like, I was eating like too much. And so like a short period of time, I'm like, I just got to eat. You got to eat. But then I started feeling nauseated again. I'm like, Oh no. And I'm like, and if I throw up, there's heck of people here that are going to see me. So like I, I pulled up like to the, to the side there and I literally thought like everything was going to come up and I just like dry heaved mm-hmm. and then like, you know, like spit, you know? And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I felt fine. And then I started moving a little bit and then, you know, somebody came up behind me like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, just dry heaving. He's like, okay. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much, uh, Beale's point. And then after that, it, it's, it's mostly trail running after that. From, so from 24 on. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's a, there's a section at the very end that isn't, but it's, it's, it's mostly trail, trail running after that. So, um, I guess I didn't put too much in my notes about Beals point to mile 29.45. So well, I guess everything went well. Five mile yeah. stretch. <laughs> so I guess everything went well on. in those yeah. five miles. <laughs> no side stitch or anything. Um, so again, next A season was at 29.45 miles, Granite Bay. So this was actually at the, the end of that Chinoco trail race that I did, what, like a month ago or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I was basically familiar or had run on the rest of the, the course now, but in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So which I had an idea, weird. which is kind of weird because yeah. it's kind of like, like, okay, well now I know where I'm running, but, but not because it's backwards, mm-hmm. you know, but at least I had a, a general idea. So it's it kind of cool having run some of the course before, even though I didn't like purpose, purposely do that when I signed up for races, but it, it worked out. So I did. So I, I think I'm sure you saw me first at this aid station. Um, I sat down, changed my shoes. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of difficulty taking one of my shoes off, so you... I took off your shoes. Yeah, yeah. so you helped me out with there. But I, I was ready for you. I had your yeah. chair set up. I had you your did. shoes out ready you to did. go. It felt so good to sit down, by the way. <laughs> um, I did keep my socks just because they felt really good and yeah. want to change them out. Like, they felt, like, settled, you know, like, conformed to your foot. I don't know if you ever feel okay. that way. No. Like, I didn't want to, like... <laughs> that's <just laughs> Great, <weird>. thanks. <laughs> like, I didn't want to, like, switch out socks and be like, oh, like, that seam is rubbing me now or it's folded oh, gotcha. over here. Or it's like, like, they were, like, they were, they were settled. They were good. If it isn't broken, don't fix it. Exactly. Okay. So I, I changed my shoes. Um, and even just standing, like, right after I changed my shoes, I'm like, oh, like, this feels nice. Like, my feet felt like... Uh, just different shoes, different like pressure points. You know, I'm like, oh, that feels good. Like my feet don't even hurt anymore. So I was glad I did that. Um, you know, ate and drank at the aid station, refreshed my towel again. Um, this is when I started to do ice like under my hat and that sort of thing. So because mm-hmm. it's getting warm. So I did put some ice under my hat, which was melted by like the first mile I ran after that. So it was like gone. So um, and this is where, oh, at Beale's Point, which was 24.31. That's the first part that you can actually pick up a pacer if you mm-hmm. wanted to. So I chose not to at that, at that section. I figured I'd probably be okay running essentially a, a 50K or, you know, around that by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'd rather have somebody at the end with me. So I did pick up um, my pacer then at 29.45, which is Granite Bay. Uh, big shout out to Yvonne. She was my pacer. Um, she's, she ran AR50 two years ago. Mm-hmm. And she runs out on those trails quite a bit. So she's pretty familiar with it. So it, just, it worked out that she was willing to pace me. Yeah. From then on. So worked out. You kind of had an expert in yeah. what you were doing there. Yep. Although you did kind of give her a big ask because I did. Um, she basically paced you from 29 all the way to the end. To the end. So yep. for her, it was basically a 20 mile trail run. Right. Starting like it. I don't even know what time afternoon. of the day. Yeah. yeah. So. It's not like it was in the morning and stuff. So yeah. And she, I mean, yeah, she was more than like willing. She's like, Hey, whatever you need. And I'm like, I mean, that's like the best thing you could ask for, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I did see 
lots of people i mean i think overall probably it seemed like from the spectator point of view maybe 50 percent of people ended up having a pacer at some point in okay. time maybe i don't know that's just a real wild guess because it's hard to tell right definitely people with pacers and there was definitely people just going it alone yeah um i mean i know a lot of the people that did have the pacers definitely had i mean you, you don't have to keep the same pacer the uh, the whole time so you right, can you can switch, switch out. out so lots of people were making switches you know some people got paced by this person for five miles and then this person for 10 miles type of thing but um yeah kind of a mix there of mm-hmm. how many people had pacers i think it's definitely easier to do it with a pacer yep but yeah yeah i'll, I'll yeah i'll put my two cents in on that <laughs> later um we did have you as a backup though in yep. case she was going to bow out at like mile 40 mm-hmm. you were dressed and I guess kind of ready to go <laughs> if you needed to. I was kind of ready to go. I had my running shoes on. I had, um, yeah, the only thing, yeah, I mean, I left like my armband in the car. and that, I mean, I just was pretty sure I wasn't going to have to run. So, um, but I definitely told you, you know, the week leading up to it and, you know, even that day that, you know, hey, your pacer trips and falls, you know, rolls an ankle or just She's having tired. a bad day. Yeah, her bad stomach day. turns. I mean, yeah. who knows? Then yeah. I was just going to pace you from, from 40 on. Right. Which was yeah. the most that I thought i could do <laughs> <laughs> and if you both had bad days then, then i was then i was somewhat mentally prepared to like finish it by myself i didn't want to but right. i was you know somewhat mentally prepared so um coming out of that aid station granite bay i felt pretty good i felt like re-energized with like new shoes and hey i have a buddy to run with me now you know it just felt like mm-hmm. like different you know and so i was pretty excited and i think we ran out of there like bats out of hell like i know <laughs> we were, i was like I mean, I'm, I'm already warmed up, you know, having run like 30 miles and she was just starting. And I know like I just ran out of there so quick and I could hear her like breathing hard behind me. And I'm like, I think I'm running too fast. And then I'm like, and then I felt myself like, okay, you're running too fast, like slow down. So, but it was just like that, like little excitement, like little adrenaline rush where you're just like, yeah, we're going to do this, you know? So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the trails just, yeah, knocked me back to reality. He's like, no, you need to slow down. You still have like 20 plus miles left. So. Again, from you know thirty to forty miles all trail. These were probably the hardest miles of the race for me. These mm-hmm. ten, thirty to forty. Yeah. And it was interesting um, because I was at the the Ragnar Trail Summit the couple of days before. There were some people there who had run fifty milers and beyond, and they were telling me, you know, with the fifty miler, your first one, like, and I try not to think about it, but they really did said like miles thirty to forty are like the hardest mentally. Okay. Because like you've done fifty k's, so you know you can get to thirty one. Um, when you hit mile 40, you're in the single digits. So you can kind of talk yourself mm-hmm. into like, well, I only have nine miles. I only have eight miles. I only have seven that miles. But like 30 to 40 is like this unknown territory and it's like too early to really start counting down. So I don't think that really had any effect on me, but I completely agree with them. So it was just kind of this like no man's land. So Well, this is also a tough part of the course too, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Okay. So this section includes a like five to six mile section. It's called the meat grinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Great name. It, yeah, it lives up to its name. So I had run it, run it, I'll put in quotations, um, backwards with the, the Chinooka race. Um, and either way, it's it's a meat grinder. It's not like one one direction is better than the other because it's, it's pretty technical. It's lots of up, ups and downs. There's lots of large rocks where you literally like, I have to stop and take a big step up. Like I can barely, you know, take a step mm-hmm. up to, to reach it. Obviously, it'd be a little bit easier for you, you know, having longer legs to mm-hmm. make that step. And then like a big step down, um, stone steps. Uh, and then I kind of noticed that my, my left hip was kind of hurting when I was going up the steps. I'm like, hmm, I don't know what that's about. Don't really, you know, like have that pain usually. But it didn't get too bad. It was just kind of like, okay, I noticed it. I got to make sure like I don't do something stupid and really like injure my hip or something like that. I kind of like try to stretch it out at some point. 
and eventually it did get better. Um, but yeah, that meat grinder section was, it was, it felt like the hottest part of the day, which I don't think it was, but it just felt like it cause it, the, the terrain was pretty difficult. Um, I had, you know, as you mentioned, I had switched out my pack at 20 mm-hmm. and I was going to, you know, drop the one that I had at that time, uh, mile 40. And these were filled, you know, two liter bladders and I was drinking stuff at the aid station too. Um, but when I had, I don't know if it was like three or four miles to go until the next aid station, like going through the meat grinder, I, I felt like my, my, the bladder in my pack behind me and I, I could tell that I was like running kind of low, like crap. Um, so I ended up like just rationing a little bit, you know, like I wouldn't take big old swigs, but I'm like, okay, just like a little sip. Okay. Just like a little sip. I'm like, if I run out like a mile before the aid station, like I'll be okay, mm-hmm. but I don't really want to run out four miles before the aid station. Cause it's, it's not like four miles, 40 minutes. I mean, it took a while. Right. That, those are probably the, the slowest, um, miles for me of that day. Well, and this is one of the big gaps in aid stations. Right. This is the one where there's 29 yeah. and then your next aid stations at 38. Um, you, you kind of almost need another one up in there somewhere. Yeah. But, and I mean, not, not being super familiar with the area, but kind of trying to pay attention. I think they could have, I think they had, th- there would have been access at some point to maybe mm-hmm. add one more. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not that familiar with right. the area, but cause a lot of this is just like whether you can access the trail and how easily and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and it was funny because, uh, my pacer Yvonne, you know, like, again, like I mentioned, she runs, um, on that course quite a bit and we were, you know, we we're just talking about random stuff. So she did a pretty good job of like trying to keep me busy with just other stuff, you know, when we were hitting the section, but we were having this conversation. She's like, so, so what do you think it's worth? She's like, now that you're, you've run the run meat grinder in both directions. She's like, you think like, it's technically like downhill versus uphill, but it's, it's not that different. Mm-hmm. And you were trying to like figure it out. Like, Oh, maybe this way because of that, maybe that way because of that. We basically came to the conclusion, whichever way you're running it, <laughs> is the that's worst. the worst one. <laughs> so which, whichever direction, it just pretty much sucks. So, but yeah, I mean, and we weren't the only ones, or I, I should say, I wasn't the only one that was like slowing down in the section. Everybody was slowing down. You can tell people were starting to feel, you know, the sun and just all the cumulative miles that we had. Um, there were a couple of little water crossings in this section. I mean, very little water crossings um, that we could, most of them we probably could have easily avoided and not gotten our feet wet. But the first one we really came to, like there was somebody that was standing like right in the water that was like ankle deep. And he's just like, oh my God, my feet feel so good. And so we actually did the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, it feels so good. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, I hope I don't regret getting my feet wet later, mm-hmm. you know, so, but it just felt so good. So then pretty much any time I had the opportunity after that, to get my, my feet wet. Cause it was like cold water. I did that. It just, it just felt really good. I don't know that it really helped in the long run. Um, but it felt good in the moment. So, um, I did have a gel in this section because it was just taking so long and I felt like I needed it. So I did take it. No problem. It was a gel I've had before in training. So at that point I was kind of wishing like, gosh, oh, I should have just had a gel earlier when I thought about it, you know, like earlier, earlier in the race. And I was afraid to, I almost, got lost, this would have been my fault entirely because there was a a turn to make a right on the trail, but you could also just go straight. And it was just one of those things where you're just kind of zoning out. You have your, like your head down and you're just moving. Um, it was clearly marked. There were like, there was no way to miss it. Like tons of ribbons right there. And I started going straight and Yvonne who was behind me, cause I was basically like setting the pace. She's like, Oh, Lena, you want to go right? And I look up and I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, Yeah, I do. I'm like, Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, at least you're paying attention. And there's another reason. <laughs> yeah, for exactly. So I, I turned right and there was actually another runner just a little bit behind us. He's like, You have the best pace forever. She just saved us. He's like, Because I wasn't looking up either and I would have just followed you. <laughs> so, yeah, another reason um, to have a pacer. So, um, 
I ended up, I think, running out of water or tailwind like a tenth of a mile before I got to that aid station. So, but I was rationing it. So I had them um, fill it like halfway with water because this was not an aid station that I would see you at. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it was it's 38.14, which is horseshoe bar. Um, so I had them fill like halfway with ice water, which, oh my God, that felt like so good when I drank it because it was just ice cold. Um, you know, ate some stuff at that aid station. Um, I definitely had a bunch of oranges. I remember that because it just tasted so good and I needed the um, the fluids. So um, I was kind of bummed that I wasn't at the mile 40.94 aid station yet because that's the one where I was going to see you. Uh, but it was it was nice to basically get through that like hard part of the course, you know, with the meat grinder and everything. So um, I think I had... I'm trying to remember where the was a drop bag at that station or yes. yeah. So there was drop bags at that aid station that I completely forgot about. I guess again I didn't need it, mm-hmm. um, but I just completely forgot about it, and so that stuff's gone. Which yeah. which I, I mean I assumed that I probably wouldn't get that one back anyways. Yeah, and I didn't so, think of it either. So yeah, I mean I mean I guess it's a good thing that I didn't think about it because it means I didn't need anything. So mm-hmm. all right, so on to miles forty to fifty. So well, hey, the, the one thing oh. I was going to say about forty is. Um, I mean, I could definitely tell as I was waiting for you at 40 that, that you guys had slowed down quite a bit because it was like, oh, you should be coming soon. And nope, soon, soon, soon. Soonish. Um, yeah, soonish. <laughs> and I could kind of tell everybody was, was slowing down. I was really hot just standing around. So I know that's why I say it was a pretty warm day because yeah. I was there breaking a sweat, just standing around doing nothing. <laughs> so um, it was definitely uh, the warm part of the day and, and a tough part of the day. So um yeah, so I was definitely later mm-hmm. than you expected and later than I probably would have guessed yeah. at that point. But. Um, and then the one thing you picked up at, from 40 on, you went with a bottle, right? You ditched yep. the pack. Um, yep. That was, you had made the decision in advance that you were going to, I was supposed to have ready for you a pack and a bottle and you had decided to go bottle. So you were going to go bottle yeah. the rest of the, the last 10 miles, which yep. makes sense because you're kind of sick of carrying the pack at that point. And then from 40 to 50, there's actually two aid stations in between, so there'd be a 43 and a 47, so easily can refill bottle and right. stuff. Right, so. exactly. And I think I, I had told you, because I hadn't decided yet um, whether I was going to go back to a pack or a bottle. So I think I told you at like mile 29, like I'm going to do I'm gonna do bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you can get it you can get it ready. So And that um, worked out pretty well, I think, letting right. me know in advance. Yeah. Although I could have easily have changed my mind when I got there and be like, no, I want a pack now. I'm going crap. <laughs> <laughs> go to the car, be right back. Um the one thing I should say, you know, you're, you're allowed to have a pacer from, from 24 on the rest of the race. Um, what's called muling is not allowed. Right. Good point that you mentioned. So that. your pacer is actually not allowed to carry any of your stuff for you. So right. they can't carry water. They're not supposed to give you gels or anything like that. Right. Um, they can't hold on to my hat that I'm sick of. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, that doesn't really happen. But I I'm mean, just trying to think of something random. Yeah. I mean, technically, that's against the rules. Right. I don't know if people really care if you're not running for 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 a place or anything like that. Right. Um, I know rattle rattlesnake bar, which is this 40 mile aid station is kind of brutal in that it's down kind of by a Marina and you're basically running down off the trail just to get to the aid station yep. where you're basically going to hit the aid station, yep. turn around, run the same thing back out. Yeah. Um, so I know at one point I saw a guy, I just assumed he was crew. Um, because he came down like a bat out of hell, <laughs> filled two bottles and then took right off like a bat out of hell. Um, and I don't think he had a bib on, so he was definitely (laughs) 
somebody who was pacing and mm-hmm. basically just took his runner's bottles, came down, filled them up, and then was going to go back. And I'm sure his runner just kept going on ahead without kind of breaking off on the trail. But, but you're not supposed to do that. Right. Well, that's for sure. Course well, heading, but And actually, uh, now that you mentioned that, um, there was uh, timing mats at a couple of different sections. Mm-hmm. At a couple of eight stages, I remember seeing timing mats. I don't mm-hmm. remember if there was one there where I, I like you should have crossed to record like I your... I don't know. I don't remember. But I know I remember seeing them at a couple of them. Okay. Um, so, but I don't know if it was there, but yeah, and, and it did, it did suck getting to that aid station, but thankfully Yvonne told me, she's like, okay, getting to this aid, next aid station is going to suck. She's like, because you're going to go down, which is no problem. She's like, but you're literally going down just to get to the aid station. Mm-hmm. She's like, we turn around and hike right back up to where we were and continue, and continue on the trail. On, yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh, you know, cause I was so tired by that point that everything just seemed like magnified in terms of how bad it was so in my head i'm like oh my god this is the worst you know um but at least she let me know so that when we did turn around i wasn't like what we got to go right back up that that section um and then coming into this this aid station rattlesnake bar 40.94 um my hip was no longer hurting but my left knee was starting to hurt kind of like the outer part of it which i've never had happen either um and it was hurting most when i was going like downhill or just descending any sort of steps or anything which is kind of a bummer because that's usually when you would go faster right mm-hmm. um so but i noticed it was starting to hurt and i'm like okay i'm like God, you know i figured you know something's gonna hurt at some point in this race or multiple things are gonna hurt i just you just don't know what and and you're just gonna have to roll with it so um i was pretty glad to see that aid station um you know saw you um switched up give you my pack grab the bottle. I did actually wear my race ready shorts, which I don't typically run with on the trails, but mm-hmm. I, I had previously just to you know try them out. I've run them with them in marathons and such, but you know, I have less carrying capacity in a, in a bottle than I do in a pack. So I wore the race ready shorts. That way I can stick a couple of gels in the pockets there versus trying to figure out where am I going to put these gels? And I had like my inhaler in case I needed it or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when we were actually running down to the aid station, I, I switched the gels from my pack to my pocket so that way I wouldn't have to do it later and um and my inhaler too so I was pretty much ready to go just hand off the pack to you mm-hmm. so um what else it did feel good it actually felt better than I thought to take the pack off mm-hmm. and just kind of like not have it like on my back like on my shoulders right and it didn't it felt like I wasn't as hot because I didn't have that on my back you know like I was just like my body was breathing better I don't know I don't know if that makes sense but it just felt like I was able to cool off a little bit better with that so did my usual eat stuff i think this is actually where i first saw the oreo and i was I like so. super excited so um finally did get yeah the oreo. so finally yeah finally did that refreshed my towel did the ice oh even in the previous aid station i had done ice like on my hat and actually in my sports bra mm-hmm. um a lot of women were doing that because it was it was getting warm you know try to cool yourself off um yeah, and just headed back out on the trail i knew i wouldn't see you until the finish line at that point mm-hmm. so um I basically, I mean, I felt better than I thought I would at mile 40.94. I was tired. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was right. tired. Um, and, you know, I was limping a little bit, but like I felt just like energy wise, I felt better than I thought I would. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, so about nine miles to go, I'm like, I'm going to get this done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, even if I have to walk in the last nine miles, which I don't want to, I'm like, I'm going to get it done. They do have some cutoffs for the race, which I think we didn't mention. So I had made note of what the pace was that you had to keep to make mm-hmm. those cutoffs and they were basically like um the mile splits would have been like 16 and some change so um all my not all but my overall pace up until that point was definitely well below that right so i knew that i'd be okay to finish as long as i kept moving yeah your so, pace your pace was fine i know when i was waiting for you at 40 um and i said you guys were kind of slow i was like okay you know 
that super awesome goal of maybe making it in under 10 hours was for sure gone at that point. Oh, yeah. I knew it was um, gone before then. But then you were, you know, you were still at that point in time, you know, ahead of 12 and nowhere near cutoffs or anything like right. that. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went, we headed back out of the aid station, which took a little while <laughs> climbing out of there. Um, and, you know, started running again. I basically would run the uphills, which I usually wouldn't do at this point of like, or the, the last part of a race, you know, trail race, like you just get more tired, mm-hmm. you know, you hike more of them, but I was actually like running a lot of the uphills that weren't too steep. Um, I'd hike the steeper climbs. I was trying to run the flats, which I kept using that mantra that I talked about before that, um, flat is good, flat is fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I, you know, it wasn't like, oh, like it's not downhill, but I actually had to slowly like jog the downhills just cause my left knee was hurting. Like every single time I would put my, my left foot down on the downhills. Um, it did get to a point where it hurt so bad that like I wanted to cry because it hurt so bad. Not because like, I'm like, Oh, I have like so many miles to go, but you know, just that like little twinge where like it hurts and you're just like, Oh my God. So I was just trying to like talk myself out of thinking about it, even though it hurt, you know, I'd be like, okay, my knee hurts. It's like, you didn't injure it. You know, it's not swollen. It's not red. Um, it doesn't feel like unstable, you know, like it's not giving out on me. I'm like, so I don't think I like, yeah, I didn't break anything. I don't think I tore anything. So I just kept like, trying to just like, okay, like your knee hurts, but it's, it's fine. Like it's, it's okay. Like just keep going. So I like to think that that helped just to, to keep thinking about like, it's fine. It's fine. It, it's hurting, but it's okay. Just keep moving. Um, let's see. Next station, next aid station was 43.92, which is Dowden's post. Got some more ice, food, fluids. They actually didn't have a lot of food left. Um, and the volunteers said they actually were running low on food, which I was, yeah, which I was not, I mean, I was not at the front of the pack by any means, Mm -hmm. but I was not at the very back of the pack either. So I knew there was quite a few people behind us. Um, so I was just like, uh, hope they have enough for people coming through. Um, yeah. And then just kind of kept chugging along at about mile 46 or so. We started to climb up a gravel road. It's about three miles of uphill, Mm -hmm. right around three miles of uphill, which you know, everybody, if you, if you look at the elevation profile at all, you know, it's there. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard for you to miss it unless like you really don't want to know anything about the the course at all. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the hard things about the course is it, you know, it finishes uphill. Yep. So, you know, you can look at the elevation chart for the race and, you know, from afar without knowing the course, you're like, okay, I'm basically going to be running the last three or four miles, whatever it is of the race straight up type of thing. Yeah. So. I mean, everybody's pretty much just, you know, like power hiking at this this point. Nobody's mm-hmm. like running up this section. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew it was going to be about three miles, which when you're like hiking, you're like, that's kind of a long time, you know, mm-hmm. but you just, you just make the best of it. And when it flattened out a little bit, I would jog um, and then, you know, go back to hiking. Um, eventually got to uh, the, the last aid station. Which has the coolest name. Yeah. Last Gasp, which I don't even, I think I had given up my last gasp like before <laughs> then, but... <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that name. Technically, you actually can have crew there, but you have right? to hike down to yeah, it. Yeah, crew has to hike down to it. I mean, and if if it's I mean, it mile forty seven point five six, like you're gonna have to hike back out, and your runner's running. And the only way yeah. I would see you at the finish was if I outran you to the finish, which right. I probably could have. But yeah, you know. probably could have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But would have would have been worth it though, you know. No. So and they were actually running low on stuff too, but you know, got ice, ate some food. I think the last couple of eight stations I had a little bit of, of coke just because like it just it just tasted good, and I think it was more for the sugar than anything else. And maybe just mental, I don't know, just made me feel good mentally. <laughs> so um, we did see a two miles to go sign. And Yvonne's like, oh, two miles, let's take a picture. I'm like, no, I'll take a picture. You know, so <laughs> she's like, okay, there'll be a one mile to go. We'll take a picture. I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. You know, but I was kind of hitting that section where I'm like, uh, you know, I'm just like kind of like grumpy and like, don't talk to me. And I mean, I didn't say that, you know, but you're just kind of like, 
things like irritate you and that sort of thing. So I was like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want a picture here. <laughs> Which I think she just like laughed off. So it was pretty funny. Um, uh, we did take a picture excuse me, at a mile to go sign, which by the way, we did put pictures up on our Facebook page if you want to take mm-hmm. a look at that. It's not tons of them on from the course, but um, some cool pictures there. So I uh, did pass some people um, on the, the uphills. Um, I think there was, I can't remember exactly when, but maybe with like a mile to go or something, there was um, a section, it was still uphill, gravel road, but it wasn't super steep, but it was still uphill. And I was just like, I'm like, I'm just going to try to run this because my knee felt fine running uphill. Mm-hmm. I was tired, but it felt fine. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to run it. And so I think Yvonne was a little shocked, like, like, why the heck are you running this? Yeah, you know, you but she, yeah, but she, you know, she came along and so we passed a couple people. Not that I was like doing it to pass people, but mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to finish sooner. Um, so, you know, passed a couple people there because everybody's pretty much, you know, walking and, you know, the people have pacers and, oh, and we had, now we were seeing a lot of, um, people that did the AR-25 because mm-hmm. you were catching up to them and that sort of thing. So just more people on the course at that point. Um, I think the the finish in the past, you would continue to climb on this gravel road and then you'd come out onto a street mm-hmm. and then climb or walk, hike, whatever, uphill a little bit like on a sidewalk mm-hmm. and then onto the sidewalk and then run through the arch. So right. they had changed the end of the course uh, this time and you basically turned right onto a trail mm-hmm. that I didn't even know was there. But I mean, actually I think I probably run on it now that I think about it on a, at a race or something. But in the moment I'm like, where'd this trail come from? So turn right on trail Avon continued on the other way. So she could try to catch me at the finish. Um, I handed her my towel that I had been using the whole time. Cause I didn't want it in pictures. That's literally why I handed okay. it off. I'm like, I don't want the towel in the pictures. It's going to look weird. <laughs> Things we think about. So I handed it off to her, um, started, you know, running, as fast as I could, which it wasn't very fast, but as fast as I could on the trail. And then, you know, there's more like people lining that area because it's so close to the finish. You know, people are cheering. Um, not a whole lot of spectators on the course. It's a long no, course, right? No. Other than like at the aid stations. But the ones that were there were super encouraging. Even people that were out like for their their just daily walks, people that were out there like like cyclists, everybody was like super encouraging that whole day. So it was, was kind of nice to have that. But yeah, so running on that last um, section of the trail was kind of flat. And then all of a sudden I look up and it's, I'm sure it wasn't that steep, but at the end of like, when you're like mile 49 point something, it looks steep, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, and, and you were right there. No, I mean, I will say that the last, that last kind of climb towards the finish line. I mean, it's that last, I mean, it's less than a quarter mile right there where I saw you at. Um, the course is just a jerk because I mean, it just sucks. You got this one last really big steep. It's a pretty steep hill. I mean, it's a steep hill no matter what how many miles you've run but after 49 and three quarter miles um that just sucked i mean i don't know i was sitting mile there. 50 because i did that extra <laughs> mileage right you did extra <laughs> i mean this is kind of right before the the finish line you know the run into the finish line in the arch and um i i you know i went to the finish line obviously and i took my chair and i was just sitting there with with lots of other people just cheering people up the last hill and um it looked it looked brutal yeah um so yeah, it's definitely, it's not fair to the runners. I don't think that's, that's a pretty gnarly hill to just finish off that last, you know, hundred yards or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So I guess, thanks. You're making me, you're kind of bailing me out here making it. No, like I mean, it was tough. That, I mean, so. to be honest, I was sitting there watching and you know, you kind of came around the corner leading up to that hill and you were running up the hill and you kind of attacked the hill and you ran up that last hill and all the way you know around the arch to the finish line yeah um, so i'll give you mad props for that because i was watching tons of people come through some people um you know just 
out of gas, had nothing left coming up that last hill. A lot of people, a lot of people ran it, but you could see everybody suffering. You know, I definitely saw a couple of people running up, almost kind of falling over and going down because it's, it's almost messed up because, you know, we're there spectating at the end there, you know, everybody's probably waiting for friends and family to come across the line and we're cheering everybody and it's real encouraging, but I'm sure everybody kind of feels that a little bit of pressure to be running it in the finish. As Why the heck do you think cheering. I ran up that I hill? I mean, so. part of it was like, I just want to get it done. And my legs actually felt the best, like running uphill mm-hmm. versus downhill. But the other part is like, these people are watching me. <laughs> I am not going to stop. And to be completely honest, I thought like you actually have to go up the top of that hill and then kind of just circle around. Mm-hmm. And I thought the finish line, I don't know why, there's no arch right there. I thought the finish line was right at the top of the hill. So mentally, I'm like, I just have to get right there, right? So I was running up to the top of the hill and I got to the top and I, I'm like, where's, I thought this was the finish line, right? And then I look, I'm like, oh man, I have to do, and it's, I mean, it's just a tiny little like turn and it's flat, right, but you know, but mentally, I'm like, I thought it was right here. So, so yeah, I, I did my best to get up that hill and then, you know, ran that little turn and um got through the finish line mm-hmm. so and yeah people were super supportive around there but he's just cheering mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so yeah no so, i mean i give you mad props for running up that hill thanks that was um, thanks. i didn't expect that i was kind of surprised to see you still running at that point so, yeah um i, yeah, I try to i mean just in general i try to finish off races i mean as hard as i can you know and sometimes that's not very fast or anything but just kind of giving especially because i know like okay i'm gonna be done like Right. right there so i don't need to save like anything, anything. for anything else this is where you leave yeah like this there. is it like if somebody has to drag me to the car fine you know like I'll, I'll just be done so yeah i just ran through the finish arch and i was pumped i, I mean i finished yeah so yeah yeah i mean I, yeah i don't even know like i was i, I mean i felt super pu- i mean i was tired but mm-hmm. i just felt like super pumped like right. yeah i just did that <laughs> you know like that just happened um and i didn't feel as bad as I thought I was going to feel like my knee definitely was hurting pretty bad at that point. But the rest of me, like I didn't feel I was tired for sure, but I just thought I was going to feel like way worse, I think. So I was just super pumped. Like, yeah, I did this, got it done. Um, and I, I definitely did not come in under 10 hours, which I mean, I knew like probably by the half of the, the the course that that wasn't going to happen. Um, but I did come in under 12. Mm. So I was pretty excited about that. Yep, I think it was like 11, I don't even remember now. 11.44? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. Yeah. So sometime between like 11.30 and and 12 (laughs) 12. hours. Yeah. But it was definitely under under 12. I had, I think like a a pretty good margin in terms of like, or buffer coming in under 12 hours. So I was pretty Mm -hmm. stoked about that. So came in in daylight. Mm -hmm. Wasn't dark yet. So Mm -hmm. definitely under cutoff. Um, Got my medal. Um, My jacket, which Era 50 is well known for handing out finishers jackets, their Patagonia jackets. Mm-hmm. And up until three years ago, they're like jackets with like, you know, full zipper and pockets and that sort of thing. They did make a, a switch about three years ago to Patagonia, basically like fleece, mm-hmm. like half zips. Yeah. So not technically, I don't, I wouldn't call them jackets, but I you know, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a nice fleece. I've been wearing it like a ton since then. Right. It's super comfortable, but it's not necessarily a jacket. Yeah. The but, old jackets were pretty. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, they changed that. I know, but I was excited to get my, my fleece. Mm-hmm. Um, got a, a goodie bag, um, that I would have gotten had I picked up like my bib the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Shirt. A shirt. Yeah. They do. Still get a shirt. shirt. So you get the shirt and the fleece jacket. Yep. Not a tech shirt. Um, so you can't just like wear it around, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could wear tech shirts around, but I'm more likely to run in tech shirts. Um, yeah. And then try to like meet up with you but i couldn't figure out where the heck you were i'm like like he's got to be in this general like direction well, you know so, i had to walk up that hill that well, you I ran 
And that wasn't an easy hill to walk back, you know. Yeah. To the oh, line. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And he had been out all day, and I know I, yeah. I had such a hard the day. Sun it was, yeah, and it was, stuff, it was so. really tough. Yeah, no, I mean, but I mean, to be completely honest, like it was a long day for you too. I mean, I know you weren't running the race, but right. it was it was a long day. <laughs> um. So yeah, like you know, met up with you and Yvonne and sat down, which that mm. felt so good. I think I took my shoes off like ASAP, put my sandals on, which felt really good. Tried to stand up, which took me a little while to to stand up because at yeah. that point, like my knee was just getting stiff and it didn't want to bend. Um, hobbled my way over to where they had food. They had what, like burgers and veggie burgers, and they had quite a spread actually. Yeah, I mean, popcorn I was, you know, I didn't run it, so I wasn't entitled soup. to any of the food, but yeah. it looked awesome. I would have loved to have yeah. dug in because there was all kinds of stuff to eat. Really, and of course, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh my god, I'm starving, right? Mm-hmm. And then I go and get food, and I'm like, I have like a nibble, and I'm like. Meh. You know, like a nibble of this. They did have like awesome brownies though. So I had a brownie. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up like coming home with like the plate of food in case I ate it, but didn't really eat much of it. Um, but yeah, just like took some pictures, got my headlamp, mm-hmm. got my finish line bag that I had. Uh, basically, it's the, the it's sweat. Kind of, yeah, the, the drop, not drop bag, but the I was going to say drop check. bag, but yeah, yeah, it's more like a gear check bag. Yeah, it's like a gear check bag where I had put like my sweats and stuff from the from the start. So picked that up. Um yeah, and that was that was the day. That was the race. That was the race. You know, so, just almost a twelve hour. Race, yeah, you know. And I do have to say too, talking about like the jacket. I mean, I'll still call it a jacket, even though it's not. Um, at some points in the race, you know, I'm like, I'm, you know, when I'm like, I'm like, I gotta do this. I'm gonna get my freaking jacket. You know, I mean, even though it's like it's a jacket, you know, but mm-hmm. it's just the little things. Like, kind of like when I did wait too cool the first time and I wanted to get that cupcake. I mean, it's a cupcake, you know, but it's like you just think about it. And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna get that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess. As far as the day goes, I mean, it, it it really couldn't have gone better other than it, like if my knee hadn't slowed me down. Like mm-hmm. that's the only thing. And I know like on any other day, something else is going to act up, you know? Right. So, I mean, my stomach held totally fine. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I did a good job with hydrating, except for maybe that little section of meat grinder. Like if I, if I were to ever do that again, which I don't think I am, um, I would probably refill my bladder before I go through that section. Mm-hmm. Um, nutrition felt pretty good for the most part except for just like getting a little bit behind on the beginning only got only made a wrong turn once and it didn't cost me that much. Right. So, I mean, I think it was, I don't know that it could have gone any better. Um, crew was great. That's right. (laughs) Had everything ready, (laughs) had everything set, which I mean, when it came down to it, I hardly used anything out of that bag Mm -hmm. other than like switching packs and I think body glide in my shoes. That was pretty much it. I think other than that was mainly just, Keep your towel wet and give you ice. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah that's pretty much what it was. Uh, my pacer was great. You know, just talking about stuff. Um, it was funny. Whenever I would check my watch, she'd be like, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> I think just to like get my mind off of like, you know, how much more do we have to go? Uh, she'd remind me to drink, you know, fluids, which is helpful. I mean, you think you wouldn't need to be reminded, but it's kind of nice to be reminded sometimes. No, like, oh, yeah, definitely. let me take a sip. Yeah. Um, and I did purposely try to drink something at least every mile. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at the very least every mile. And then obviously like it became more often than that, like towards the end. But and when I, whenever I felt thirsty, I would drink some. So, I mean, you never felt in danger of not finishing the race during the race, right? No, okay, I didn't. No. Which is good. Yeah. yeah. Which I prepared myself to feel that way, mm-hmm. but actually didn't feel that way. So, yeah. Um, and I know they say I'd never try anything new on race day, mm-hmm. but I did have a new thing on Which race day. What? Well, new to me, your watch. Oh, that's right. You I took actually my ran with your Garmin because mine would not have held as, as long as it that the race at mm-hmm. all. So yours did. Yeah. So I literally had not like run with it or anything and 
couple of days before you're like this is how you change that i'm like okay i mean it's very similar it's in functionality to mine yeah. but but yeah i hadn't that that was new on race day yeah, there you go well <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess which wasn't i mean it wasn't yeah. an issue if you so. gotta do something new on race day that's probably the yeah the safest thing to do yep so yeah i didn't i didn't fall i didn't actually puke i didn't break anything mm-hmm. um i actually got no poison ivy or oak which by the way i didn't mention that but like the trails were com- like totally lined with it there. uh my pacer did get some um on her her leg her oh, leg. she did yeah that unfortunately sucks. she's just like pretty prone to that stuff so mm. knock on wood i well at this point i don't think i'm gonna get it from there so it's right. been long enough um no chafing i only had one little blister on a spot that i almost always get a blister on if i'm gonna get one and yeah that's it um to call back to other stuff um you and your pacer you basically always ran in front of your pacer right most of yes. the time right yeah yeah unless the only time i didn't was like on the the gravel fire road at the end that was super wide then we just ran next to each other yeah. so which is pretty common yeah I mean, we say pacer but it doesn't necessarily mean they're she's like pacing me. that you're that she's your rabbit that you're chasing right. for for 20 miles type of thing yeah. it's kind of somebody to take care of you keep an eye out for you make sure you don't take a wrong turn make sure right. you hydrate exactly yeah. yep go okay. anything else no, I mean, the one thing I'll add is that um, kind of post-race, you were definitely, you were actually pretty, I'll use the term peppy, uh-huh. mentally. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, I think, the most beat up physically I've ever seen you, mm-hmm. for good reason, 50 miles, right. versus, you know, normally see you after um, a, maybe a marathon or a 50K or something like that. Yeah. But, but legs definitely beat up, but but mentally and even kind of on the drive home, because it was basically drive home post-race, um, you were definitely, you know in good spirits and kind yeah. of upbeat and everything and, and talking stuff. and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. didn't like pass out right away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was me. I'd be, you know, I, I would literally be passed out in the back seat, yeah. or, you know, or in the hospital, I guess. If I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anything else you want to share? Add? I think just, uh, cause I, I might get questions on this. So I'm just going to say real quick. Okay. Um, just general, like what gear I used. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used your Garmin, which is, a. Uh, Garmin 620? No, no. 235. Oh, 230, 230, I think. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, for the my first pack was the Nathan Vapor Eris, and then the second one was a Nathan Vapor Shape, mm-hmm. um, which both I have run with a lot. And they're um, very similar. They're very similar. And then the the bottle that I switched to was the Nathan Speed Draw Plus, which is an 18 ouncer. Uh, used features ultralight crew socks for the whole time. Oh, and when I did end up taking my shoes off, I mean my feet looked a little like. They had been in the bathtub too long and got yeah. really dirty. But yeah, but nothing had like no skin had peeled off or anything, thank goodness. For shoes, I used the Solomon Wings Pro two for the first thirty miles and then the Solomon Speed Cross four from thirty to fifty. Um uh, race ready shorts I already mentioned. Um and then for fluids that I carried it was um basically three different flavors of tailwind, which I purposely switched out the flavors. I didn't put the same flavor in my first pack that I did in the second pack because I didn't want to get sick of it. So I think I did like lemon first and then berry next and then you mixed the bottle, which I don't even know what was in there. I don't know either because yeah. I don't really know the flavors. I just picked one. First time I've ever yeah. mixed um, Tailwind for any purpose whatsoever. Right. So. <laughs> Do you have any trouble with it? No, no. Okay. It's pretty. I mean, for, for just a handheld bottle, it's just right. a no single big deal, serve. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Start in there. So yeah, that was that was it because I'm, I'm just thinking questions that I've gotten before with other stuff. So okay, that's all I have. Um, I'll, I'll just give real quick from the crew standpoint, just in case anybody listens to this because they're going to do air 50 in the future um you know your crew can definitely see you at all the aid stations that have crew access so your crew can definitely catch you at 20 and 24 and 29 and then it's 40 and then the finish line uh the one thing i'll warn you if you ever do crew at mile 40 which is rattlesnake bar cell signal sucks that was me and everybody else around me oh, that's so good to know. um don't um 
don't expect to be communicating with anybody at the time because I actually got some texts from um, some of your family at the time like oh how's she doing and i'm i'm sending messages but they're not going through so but yeah. i'm getting their texts and they're saying like oh maybe the self signal is bad <laughs> i'm like yeah it is i can't send any texts um yeah just wanted to throw that in there um and then all the aid stations are basically part of this um i don't know what the ex- exact recreation district area is called around Folsom, but you but you have to pay 10 bucks but it's that 10 bucks that you pay at the very first aid station um is basically good all day at all the rest. So you do so have it's to not pay like ten dollars at each one. At each one or yeah. anything like that. So um and at Granite Bay, which is twenty nine point four five, crews have to walk maybe a quarter mile to get to the aid station. So and I think that's it. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. Just just in case um somebody comes back a year later and two years later and listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. About Air fifty. So yeah. I mean and do you think like the way we had stuff planned out, like, um, was was helpful to you and clear enough to you, like, this is what I want at this point, and this is where certain stuff is in case I need it? Or? You made it as easy as possible for okay. me. I mean, because it's the first I, time I'm doing it, you know, no, so I'm like, I, I don't know, like, is am I giving you too many instructions or no, not enough? No, or? it was cakewalk. So, okay, cool. Um, yeah, not a problem at all. Okay. I'll say that. All right. Um, so, yeah, overall, good race. Uh, yeah, did we mention race. the medal? Uh, it's a really cool looking medal. It's kind of small for a 50. I would think, you know, for a 50, it'd be bigger, but yeah. it's kind of what it is. Um, yeah. It's got like a star in the middle. and Yeah. I don't know. I think it, it makes me think of like Captain America for some reason. Yeah. I guess because it's like blue and red, but. Yeah, and the star. And the star. There yeah. you go. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Kether, who actually got to talk to you out there on the race. She was pacing, um, doing some pacing duties out there. Um, and then a shout out to Matt, who was actually running the race um, without, a, without a pacer. Mm-hmm. So tough, tough day. But um I think it's, I think well I mean that's good to mention I think this is a tough race to do without a pacer if you can oh, get yeah. somebody to I pace I was going to say that again yeah um, get somebody to pace you if yep. you can um, because I don't know just me waiting at the finish for people people that had pacers um, I don't know they just looked better in some way and I can't imagine you know doing the entire fifty by yourself type of thing I mean yeah. although there's other runners and sometimes you kind of group up on the course right and, and run with other people and you're probably gonna you know. Um, skip over people and back and forth right you know out on the course and stuff but if you can have a pacer get somebody out there you know to do it with you and, yep. and having a crew i think is probably nice because you get your own stuff um if you want it or need it you mm-hmm. know hopefully you don't need anything but yeah yeah at least you have that that option mm-hmm. yeah and i completely agree i was i, I did say i was going to mention it i completely agree with the pacer um to have one i mean at least obviously this is my only 50 miler so that's the only experience i have to draw from obviously if i was like somebody who was running 100 miles all the time then maybe i wouldn't want a pacer for 50 i don't know but i mean this is from my perspective with this being the longest distance i've ever run um yeah i would definitely recommend doing it with the pacer even if i mean regardless of where you pick them up or if you switch out to pacers but it just it definitely helps in those rough sections and um yeah i mean can get can get kind of dark and lonely in your head you right. know, if you don't have a pacer. I mean, if you're somebody so. who runs 50s and 100Ks and 100 miles and you do it all right. the time, then, then you're, you're yeah, good, I'm exactly. sure. But, but um, if you're new to the 50 mile or, or um, just want to have more fun, <laughs> yeah, as I get a pacer. Yep. But, um, Agreed. Or maybe more than one, actually. Because like I said, big ask for you, for your pacer, 21 yep. miles on a warm day. You know, they're yep. running at the end of the day. Um, I mean, the good thing is, you know, it's the end of your race or so you're slowing down. So. Right, right. Um, the pace isn't kind of an issue. So. Right. Um. Anything else? That's all I got. Um, the last thing I was just going to add was I asked you on that day, do you want to do another 50? Do you want to come back to AR 50? I've asked you several times since then. It's been a pretty consistent no yep. <laughs> to doing another Hasn't 50. Hasn't changed yet. So, so um, 
which I don't know what I expected. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I kind of even asked, they like, hey, do you want to try to go back to Air 50 someday, run a faster time, you know, maybe try to go do the sub 10? And you've been pretty consistent, like, no, I- I'm good. I did this one, you know, yep. happy. Yeah. You know. But, I'd be um, more than willing to pay someone and cruise someone out there. <laughs> <laughs> but so so we're sticking by the no interest in doing another another 50. Yeah, still no. Okay. I mean, I obviously have said that about other distances before, so I could never say like 100% no. But as of now, no. Nope, and just I'm to good. be clear, no interest in right now in doing like a hundred k. None. <laughs> okay. Although I do, I am gonna say like earlier today for whatever reason I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, I'm like, it's a big jump from fifty k to fifty miler because it's like nineteen more miles. I'm like, but from fifty miles to hundred k, I'm like, it's really only twelve more miles. Um, it's like less than a half it's marathon. A small jump. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no interest right now. Yep. Okay. Just thought I'd yeah. throw that out there. I'll yeah. keep throwing it out there. Okay. Don't worry for the next several years. I sure. Guess. Yep. <laughs> Well, That's fine. Okay. All right. I guess it's going to wrap it up. Yep. Um, I'll just say for everybody listening, congratulations to you. Thank you. Good job. Very proud of you. Um, I think you killed it out there. Um, Thanks. On what was a tough day. Um, and it's very cool having done a 50 miler. So I'm very jealous. So yeah. I'll crew you. <laughs> Let's not get insane. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess it's going to do it for, for this episode. Yeah. Um, sorry for the long-winded no no it's 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 a long race so we yeah. of course have a right. lot to say about it yeah at least i didn't take 11 hours and 40 minutes to record <laughs> that would have been horrible yeah that'd been horrible <laughs> all right um that's gonna do it next episode we'll probably talk about the like we said the boston documentary and um i did just run ragnar socal so mm-hmm. we may talk a little bit about that um yeah on the next one the website for the podcast is embracerunning.com you could find us on facebook at facebook.com slash embrace running Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at embracerunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, embrace running.